The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? Now here's your host, Ed Nathanson. Sock dudes, dudettes, brothers, sisters. Welcome to yet another episode of Red Pill Talent, where I'm joined once again by the great Dave Zoo Yaz and in the palatial Westwood studios of Pod 617. Today. Great to be here. Yes, uh, me too. And I'm excited because, you know, I'm usually very excited, anyways, just in general as a person. But, um, (laughs) and that's a problem. The excitable Uh, Ed. Right, the excitable Ed. Uh, But uh, particularly to have this conversation I'm about to have, not just with the audience, but with you. In mm-hmm. particular, um, because I'm going to talk about it's it's getting to that time of year when my kids are starting to pack up to go to summer camp, and they go to the same camp that you and I went to mm-hmm. as children. Our um, camp of yes, golden our pleasure. Camp of golden pleasure. Camp Talnoa uh, in Hampstead, New Hampshire. And uh, you know, this time of year always brings me back to a lot of memories of camp um, and why it was so special. And that's a hard thing for me to say about anything in life, really. <laughs> but mm-hmm. camp was that for me and, um, and why I insisted that my children go there. And they didn't want to. I kind of forced them to do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, too bad. Again, parent your own kids. But that's what I fucking did. And will they, event- will they later in life thank you for Yes, forcing- they will. They will. They will. And if they don't, they're going to regret that, too. <laughs> okay. Now. What do you mean you didn't like it? Yes, you did. Right, exactly. End of discussion. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I still to this day, and I don't know if this happens to you, I still have dreams every once in a while. Oh, that's about weird camp. to say that. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, I've written about that. I'll tell you mine in a minute. But yeah, yeah tell yeah, me, like, I, like, what do you dream about? Like everything, like I'm late for a period at camp or yeah. something, or like something's happening in a bunk. Like I remember that it's just random out of the blue. Out of, it's like nothing else in my life, like any experiences, I can relate to that. So, uh, so I have I had one that I think I I submitted it for a Camp Tunnel or blog entry or something that they posted it. But the dream was that it was the last day of camp. I have dreams a lot about the last day of camp because it's like it's such a weird Tough. mixture of yeah. set. You're like you're you're you just know that something great is ending and I, I and there are other things in your life that that comes along you know last day of college or uh, you know uh, someone's going off to school and you're not going to see them in forever and that that sort of uh, sinking feeling in your stomach like oh my god it's slipping away and I was trying to find Larry Robinson so <laughs> Larry Robinson beloved longtime beloved director yes. very sadly um, taken from us by cancer way too early he was in his 40s I think when Still he died don't believe it yeah. yeah and so he I'm racing around looking for Larry and people are like he's in the new rec hall no he's in the old rec hall or whatever and I'm running around trying to find him and so then I see I finally get to his bunk and I see him there he's got his back to me and as usual he didn't he never had a shirt on he never was, <laughs> it's, it's, I swear it was yeah. winter the guy would never wear he would shirts. never wear yes. shirts just just these these tennis shorts and and the and the whistle hanging from his shorts and i go larry larry i gotta talk to you like like i'm so sad it's the last day of camp or something and he goes and he goes i'm gonna well up a little bit when i say this he he turns around he goes don't worry yes i'll i'll be right here and you know this is after he passed away and i thought he's always going to be like a presence in my life so i have i had that dream and then the other dream i always have is that i'm having a blast at camp and then i remember that I have a family at home. Yeah, I <laughs> do, do have, have, that, do have one. that one. I have that Isn't one. Isn't that yes. weird? And you're like, yes. oh, I, I can't be here anymore. No. I got to go home. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny you said that. I yeah. have had that dream. 
Um, you know, for me, there's a number of reasons why I loved camp. But as you know me, I love to do lists. And so about, do it. F- about four years ago, I wrote this blog about summer camp. And it was basic. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. So whether you went to Tel No or you went to any camp, you're going to relate to this. Um, and for me, especially, you know, with the kids and everything, I, I really wanted to – this was – believe it or not, the, I write a lot of blogs and they do get some good traffic. They do. This was the most popular blog I've ever written. Really? I look at the analytics to this day. Four years ago, it's still getting lots of hits. Mm-hmm. Even with business, I'll have CEOs and executives at these companies reference this blog when really? they're talking to me like, oh, I remember camp and all this and this. So I'm not going to read the blog to you, but I am going to discuss with you my reasons, okay? Okay. All right, so uh, there's no ranking of these. They're just ones. There's, I have nine of them. So first is uh, friends for life. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I still have friends at 42 years old, 46 years old that I knew when I was eight. Mm-hmm. You know, you being one of them. Yes. Right? Thank and, you. you know, we've all gotten older, but these two months yeah. that we had together in this place that, you know, was, you know, I know all camps are magical and, and ours was too was just amazing. And a lot of my first discussions, my male bonding, all the stuff, you know, talking girls or just playing sports together, you know, late night flashlight sessions yeah. on your beds, whatever yeah. those things were sleeping and laughing and joking, um, competing, you know, the counselors, everything like I, I, I've had friends in college that are great. And some of them for, you know, some of those people are still special to me, but a lot of them kind of faded away. Yeah. Same thing with high school, not camp. Yeah. Same not with me. Camp. And they, I don't know why that is. Yeah. High school for me, you know, I went to a private school. So people came from all across the country, if, in, not just the state. And so those friends kind of quickly, it, hard to keep in touch. Um, and college friends, same. I mean, I got, I still have a few really good, great friends from college. But the thing about camp friends is I, I think they, the the friendships can be instantly revived even if they lapse for- If e- I haven't seen them for 20 years. Right. Yes. Even 20 years. Yeah. Yes. You're, I, like for your, some reason- Your right old compatriot, your former roommate, Jeff yeah. Waldo Waldman, I haven't Waldo, seen in up. probably 10 years. Yeah. And if I saw him tomorrow, I'd give him the biggest hug yeah. ever and, and I'd squeeze his ass too. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, Wald- somewhere, Waldo is laughing right now. That Waldo left. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I just, I, I, I have a hard time explaining. My wife was never a camp kid. Um, I, I don't know why it's that way. Maybe it's the intensity of yeah. that time together with people, where you're living in such close proximity and you're with them twenty four seven. Yeah. I, it, I, I can't explain it it's rationally. That, it's, it's that every camp has its own quirks, traditions, and language. Yes. So, so to some degree, you speak the same language. So you can say, you know, this is just like the dance in the Dell, and people would know what you're talking right, about, right, exactly. you know, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but you're right. The people that don't have never experienced camp, many think it's strange that you actually send your young child away for two, months. <laughs> you know how many months. people say that to yeah. me? It's, it's so like, true. Yes. Two right. months? Right. Yeah. And from you know Heather and I now like her first that's my wife's name when the yep. first um, the first summer we dropped them off they were a lot younger and she couldn't handle it she was crying and you know like the Zapruder films checking out the pictures they post online oh, like, yeah. is that is that Brooke's arm <laughs> in the background there yeah like all that stuff her head's like, turned right, but she right, might be exactly. smiling at her. Right, yeah. exactly yeah. and I just kept telling her I said listen they're having a great time you just gotta trust it. You just got to trust it, and they do. It brings out a different side of you, I think. Yes. You know, I, I was, um, I remember when I was in high school, like I was scared to death to talk to a girl, even though I wanted to. And, you know, this happens to a lot of kids in high school, and you kind of clam up and you become that awkward teen. And it, you know, over those two months at camp, you'd be like at home. And, and it, it, for some reason, uh, you're this independent streak develops in you. My, my son goes to a West End house camp up in Maine. 
and he adores it. It is his happy place, absolutely. And we're now looking at colleges for him, and he's and he's walking around, and you can tell a lot of the kids on the tour are, have this little twinge of nervousness about being away from home. And yeah. he, he's just trying to figure out where he's going to have the most fun fit, and he's, he's like... It's a little like it's going to be a little like camp, isn't it, Dad? And I was like, Well, yeah, yes, and, and, and except and, with alcohol and marijuana, <laughs> <laughs> so therefore even better. Yes. Wait, wait a minute. You were talking about things that they have in common. No, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so that's number one. All right. Number two is girls. <laughs> All right. So cue up the so, Motley yes, Crue right. song. So, so I always try to explain to, especially I don't. Maybe it's just Jew camp thing as yeah. opposed to like regular camp. But I always try to explain this to to my friends who never again either not Jewish or they just never experienced it. But. I was okay with girls at home. Okay right. to below average, I would say. Just like you were saying. Yeah. But at camp, that translates to I'm fucking Brad Pitt. <laughs> right? And 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 I just it's like I I but for me, without a shadow of a doubt, my number one reason why I loved camp even more than friends was girls. Um, you know, it's like the competition at camp just wasn't there like it is at home in these areas, and I fucking loved every second of it. My first kiss was a camp girlfriend. My first relationships were with camp girls. If you went out with a girl at camp for a week, that translated into like real world time to roughly six months. The socials, the dances were the best. I'm being, I'm not looking at the screen that Dave's putting up to distract me. <laughs> it's an old friend of yours. This is oh, how, wow. this is Joy. This yeah. is how she looks now. She looks great. Doesn't yeah, she's she in a good? bikini and her. In the, she looks awesome. <laughs> um, you know, all those things. We we had, you know, I would bust out my Dracar Noir, you know, and just like dump that shit on oh, me. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought I was so cool with my lame dance moves, but everyone, you know, it's all. All the stuff with girls, like for me, it was just the biggest confidence boost Absolutely. that I just never would have gotten Absolutely. at home. I was pulling girls that I had no business right. in real world pulling. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> Did you ever ask a camp friend to be like a date uh, at a prom or junior yes. prom or anything like Not that? Not a junior I, prom, but just like you know, hanging out. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because you would during the the off the ten months between summers. You know, when you were feeling like a loser, no girls would talk to you. It'd be like, well, Lori will talk to me. Right, Karen yeah. will talk to me. Maybe yeah. I'll call her. Yeah. More than just talk to me. Be psyched yes, to talk exactly. to me. Exactly. And get right? all fired up. And yeah. it just like, I, you know, we always talk about the butterflies you get, both the first day you're driving yeah. up to camp. And I don't care which camp you went to, I know that happens. For me, it wasn't about seeing my friends because I knew that was going to be easy and, and fun. It was about, all right, what's this girl's going to look like this year? Do I look good? Do I, you know? It was always girls. Maybe maybe you were different about that. No, 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 not different at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're describing it to a T. Like I said, yeah, and, and it was, you know, there was a lot of um, adolescent hormones in the air yes. at camp at, at all times, particularly in your bunk. You had a... <laughs> You had a particularly <laughs> perverted bunk, and mix, we did. mix that with all the gangster rap songs you were playing and the lyrics, and and um, it was a, a cauldron for craziness. Yes, but, uh, like I said, my, a lot of my firsts were either you know associated with camp. We don't need to go into all of them. No, but. no, no, I won't. I won't. But trust me, because I know some a lot of people at camp who are still working there. Listen to this today. But what you said about it, it, confidence—that's the word. Confidence. That's the word because because then you you knew that uh, another girl could. And for whatever reason, I, I mean, why? Do we know why? No. Because it's not as if, um, you know, the there's some magic on the, the shores of Sunset Lake. Nope. Um, but something about maybe being away from everything, planet, tell you know, and, um, you know, and, and 
also you could you could become a star at camp in this very small universe um yes when i don't even know how to describe that you're doing it go for it keep going yeah right so it's like in and even more than the now maybe um although i think i still think they do a good job of no cell phones and no outside but you know not only what there was basically like maybe one black and white tv here and there that you would watch to, to maybe get caught up on what's going on in the outside world but people didn't care what's going on no. in the outside world you cared about what was for breakfast the next day right. what the evening activity was you know um whether what so-and-so was going to wear to the social you right. know and so i mean there was one summer where i remember shout out scott schultz scott voodoo schultz told, i remember him oh yeah, my you remember God. him yeah <laughs> he told everybody one day that dick clark had died and we don't know how he found out but we were like oh that's so sad and for the whole summer, I thought Dick Clark was dead. I got home, but I said, "Hey, Dad, too bad about Dick Clark." He goes, "What do you mean? He's fine." I got, it's, it's like he got some bad information, but for the whole summer, we, because you're in that planet, and and thus, uh, because of that, the the director kind of sits at the top of this empire. He's like on the Iron Throne, right? Yes. But then, like the 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 counselors become so ce- they're sort of celebrities in no this doubt. universe. They were my heroes, right? And then yes. the, and then certain campers, you know, that were interesting or quirky or did this and that at the talent show, they become famous, you, you know, in this world. So that that's a big confidence boost to know that you can be celebrated for what no you really question. are. No question. No question. All right. Number three reason, number and three. again, these aren't in order, is sports. Now, just as I stated earlier um, with the girls' situation and the comparison, same thing. At home, I was okay. I played on teams. I played a lot of sports, but I was never a star. Mm-hmm. At camp, I was fucking Michael Jordan you and were. Babe Ruth. <laughs> <You were>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you and, and again, like Ruth, this yeah. is like again with the confidence thing. And in our camp wasn't so much a sports driven camp as say some of the others Agreed. that maybe we that maybe you went to or other people, but you played every day. Right. You played every day and you got to show off a little bit and you know. It was one of those things again with confidence. You you feel like you you're better than you actually may be in real world. Um, you feel proud. I, I, I don't know if that's the right word about what yeah. you can do. Yeah, um, uh, camp spirit yeah, was, ca- was huge. The it, day we would play our rival camp, it was to me just as exciting as. You know, if you played for uh, varsity basketball yes. high school or whatever, we yeah. did the whole rigmarole. And oh, it, yeah. even when I was coaching, when my camping days were over, and I was a oh, counselor, that was even better. Oh my god, it was even better. Oh yeah, I used to. We if if you don't know, we used to do this thing called game days, where at lunch of that day we would have big pep rallies, for lack of a better way of expressing it. Yeah. And I used to come in cranking thunderstruck on a box, oh, you yeah. know, and holding up this Jewish thunder bat, which I wonder what the fuck happened to that. But that was the Wonder Boy of Camp Tel Noah. Yeah, uh, we stole it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what? I always thought that bat was a little overrated, but I love the mystique of it. <laughs> the mystique yeah. of Jewish we thunder. We stole it. It was in yes. our apartment yeah. on Commonwealth Ave. <laughs> and then um, I think it got dented one day. We were beating up a couch for some reason. I don't know. Oh, anyway, man. sorry about that. The intercamp competition, you know, but again, I'm going to relate this back to the reason number that I just talked about is girls again. Because the way they set it up was on game days, if you were home, yep. they watched. Yeah, they did. Right? And, and there was a amazed. chance to, me, to be the alpha. <laughs> I wasn't at home. Right? There to be that alpha. So do you have a, a favorite? I'm sorry. Do yeah. you want to continue? No, that no, no. Before? And, and, and yeah. I was just going to say, I, there's an also one of the worst summers I had, and even then it was still great, was there was a all camp color the f- color flag. Um, uh, we called it color rush. Co- yeah, capture, right. capture, capture the flag. Capture the flag. And there were girls, and I was making a move, and I saw them, and I was like, I'm going to really impress them, and I fell and broke my fucking ankle, <laughs> and I couldn't do crap for the rest of the summer. <laughs> All because I was trying to impress girls with my athletic prowess. Was it worth it? It was. It was. (laughs) They have since curtailed 
that they don't do uh, flag rush anymore for color war because there were a ton of injuries. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Kids, 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 yeah, right. but kids <laughs> running at breakneck speed over these huge rocks and stuff. Um, do you have a favorite athletic memory, like something that happened on I do, game day? I do. Um, so first off, I vividly remember you <laughs> doing you. your doing your um, in case you missed it announcements and yeah. recaps, and that was great. But I also have one from coaching. Um, so I coached this kid named Josh Missif uh, on sure. the oldest kids softball team. And we were playing the most Jewish camp in our league, which is Camp Yavna. Yavna. When I say men- most Jewish, I don't mean that as a negative. It's they were not really athletes. Let's just be honest. And they were they were like the punching bag of our, our intercamp league. Balls and strikes right. in Hebrew. <laughs> exactly. Which led to a young Josh Hawk ask, asking me once, yes, was that an achtad or a kador? <laughs> <laughs> but I was super fired. I was super competitive. I still am in a lot of ways. And he was on third base, and there was a hit. I was coaching third at the time for the team, yep. and there was a hit that came through. And um, so he got the chance to expand, and it was a close play at the plate, and he knocked the shit out of that catcher. <laughs> that like, was I, a thing. I, I, I think he, thing. like, knocked the shit out of him. Josh <laughs> is a big kid in first, you yeah. know? And so, like, I remember, like, going up to him and being like, what are you doing? And, like, chewing him out in front of everybody. Then I pulled him aside, and I was like, that's the greatest thing ever. Do it again. <laughs> right well, we had this weird one of the, th- the, the like, the two biggest rules at Telnora were no fraternization, so you're yes. not allowed to kiss girls, uh, at least in front of others. And the second one was no sliding. For some reason, there was, yeah, there no, was sliding. No, no sliding. Right, yeah. And it was, the in hindsight, it was the dumbest thing. But when we believed in something, we believed in it. So we're like, the rule is no sliding. So if you want to, you can bowl over the catcher. And we need a we needed a Buster Posey rule, I think, because, <laughs> because a lot of kids got busted up. My favorite memory was also as a coach, and we had... Um, Stunningly fallen behind Yavna, like oh. like like nine to two or something. That on would have our, been like field. that would have been like an, on the line of the U.S. beating the Soviet Union, you know, in Miracle exactly. on Ice. Exactly, yes. that's like number sixteen upset, upsetting number one. Um, and we staged a rally in the last inning, and all of a sudden it's like we might be able to do this. And I had uh, coaching my brother Adam. Uh, with my pal OC, below the beloved oh, OC, I who, OC, who yes. I just saw recently, and my brother Adam gets up there very nervously, like it's it's I don't know if it's tied or your we're brother quite had done. skills. He could he could yeah. crank the ball, yeah. but but he was a uh, sort of a thinking man's player too. So every once in a while things would get into his head, and OC need to tell him something to calm him down. And so OC whispered something in his ear. I couldn't tell what he said. I was coaching first. He goes up and. Uh, just murders the ball over the center fielder's head, and it was a game-winning home run or triple or something, a walk-off. Nice. And I just I gave him a big hug. I said, I love you, buddy. And then I went to OC. I said, what did you tell him? And he said, I just said, Adam, just knock the shit out of the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Adam laughed and just... Uh, and so that it's was so the funny. big advice. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, like, hero worship and superstars. Yeah. And um, one of my sports memories too is as a kid in the youngest division there, which is called Olim. I remember watching Bo Grimm and this guy named Rob Cohen. Yeah, play Co. and, yes, and I used to. He was like he might as well have been David Ortiz up there to me. He was watching, a good athlete. Yeah, yeah. And I remember watching him and being in awe of yeah. him as a kid. I had the same thing, and for me, it was Andy Janfaza. Yes, I shout remember out him. to yeah. my, my buddy Faz, um, who's a wonderful guy, financial advisor. In addition to being, a, I mean, he was a collegiate athlete. He played. He scored a goal in the in the uh, NCAA hockey championship. That's amazing. Uh, but he would come up, and people be like, "Faz is up. Faz is up. Faz is up." 
and he would a right-handed batter would hit he would hit the ball to the opposite field into what was known as the corral yeah because and, and that and <laughs> Which doesn't exist anymore it, oh yeah. they got rid of the yes. corral yeah uh, i'm not surprised but yeah. but it that was a shot in softball and to do it opposite field and he did it commonly and years went by and I even as a counselor and now I'm 18 19 20 I still was unable to put the ball to the corral like even in practice just yeah. going out there so he was uh, a demigod like you said amazing yeah. this is so much fun for me <laughs> um, okay I hope everyone yeah. set aside four hours right, exactly yeah. uh, next is field trips oh yeah field trips so these were the best um, once a week which they don't do anymore, I don't think. I think it's every other week. But I think That's a shame. Yeah, once yeah. a week we would leave camp and go to like amusement parks or beaches or even the mall was, a, was an mall amusement trip. Right, yeah. yeah. The best part was not the destination, though. Oh, please was, don't say the bus ride. It was the journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bus for anyone who didn't go to summer camp is where young boys' dreams come true. <laughs> We could sit with girls and try to put our best moves on. It always goes back to girls, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, we would flirt our asses off. Mm -hmm. Seating was incredibly important. Positioning mm -hmm. was incredibly <laughs> important on the bus. Yeah, yeah. We would sing like the songs like the Telephone Jam, if you remember that. Ring dong, tickety tickety tick. tick that right? was a good one. Yep. Um, Lottie, yeah. Lottie, hey Lottie, right, Lottie, hey, Lottie, 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 Lottie. Yep, out, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, we would sing about what the bus driver looked like <laughs> and what he could do with said looks. Yep. Um, but. It was like a social pecking order where you ended up sitting and what happened and where and the legends that came from oh, the bus yeah. drives and yeah. all of that. But even like who you were grouped with on mm -hmm. these trips and who you hung out with, mm -hmm. you know, really dictated a lot of those things. I remember like the beach was always great because bathing suits, right? You get to see <laughs> girls again. Yeah. But, you know, then you had the amusement parks. So we used to go to Canopy Lake Park and, you know, you everyone wanted to try to go on that whatever stupid dark ride. It was, just called, so you could the, ride. It was called the Swamp. The Swamp, yeah. yes. Right, whatever it is. Worst so, ride right, ever, yes. but no one cared because it was like... But it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. And the field trips were just something you looked forward to. The two big attractions at Canopy Lake Park were... This is before they even put in like a flume ride, which right. exists yes. now, but but was the Swamp because you, you, you could take your best honey uh, on, on a ride in the dark or uh, fascination. I think it was called fascination. Yeah. It was a, just this kind of silly game where you rolled a ball into a hole and eventually tried to get match up enough so that you won the round or something, but it was air conditioned. And so everybody uh, wants to be in fact, I don't know if you ever discovered I don't, that. I never yeah, you discovered had, you that. You had to walk kind of way down to the far ends of Canada. Oh my God. I totally blew it. I would have loved that. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. That would have you know been what? up You just brought up this interesting thing. Yep. Like now I can't live without AC. How the fuck were we living in these, yeah. like, these places that have zero ventilation? For some reason, I think for kids it's easier. I don't know why, but I remember because I, I went back for a like a last hurrah summer when I was 22 years old, I think, uh -huh. 21, 22. And I had to bring the biggest friggin' fan because otherwise I'd be like, how am I supposed to sleep in this? Because it was, it would get hot, you know, obviously the, the heat baking down on the bunks during the day and kind of, it would hold in there. Like, you, yeah. And you could open up all the windows that didn't help. Like it was. No. Was, yeah, I don't know. Um, Fryam, the current director of uh, Camp Town Hour, he, he gives out an award to a bunk they get uh, a day of air conditioning. They put in a window unit into the bunk, and that's like a big reward. Which, and he says it's great. That would have been but, amazing. But it's torture because as soon as they take it out, the kids like oh. <laughs> bring it back. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, number five. Number five. Now this is going to be special to you and I, but I don't think many people at camp have experienced this, and that's pre-camp. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. So what pre-camp was, was a group of guys at the time, and I don't mean anything, don't politically correct me to death here, the social justice warriors come out and attack me for saying to this, guys. To this day, I don't know if it was available to females, but I, I guess I, it could have been. I guess so. Yeah. We just no never one ever happened. did it. Yeah. But we would, you know, picture eight to nine, 17 to 20 year old dudes, you know, quote unquote, working for a week. Before camp starts, and it was setting up the bunks, it was the docks, it was all the like the maintenance type stuff. Am I saying real, that right? Yeah, real menial type right, stuff. Exactly. Nothing against people who do this for a living, right. but it was like shoveling rocks, right. literally shoveling rocks right. and other cleaning, a lot of cleaning the yeah. bunks and stuff. Yeah, right, exactly. But the best part was when the day ended. Oh yeah, right. That's when the magic happened. We had this little <laughs> fraternity that was this thing that had been going on for years long before I was in pre-camp, and we would literally drink our faces off every night. And yep. have your typical, you know, hazing type shenanigans, all that stuff. You don't know who invented this fraternity? No, uh-uh. I did. You did? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, uh, it wasn't just me. Yeah, it was that's me, amazing. O- the founding fathers like me, O.C., uh, I want to say Slifka, uh, Scott Bones, Candell, among others. Uh, all names I love and would love to see again someday. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Inve- we invented, it wasn't, uh, you could say it wasn't a real fraternity, but it was kind of as real as any other fraternity. And It uh, was to my liver. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, all kinds of <laughs> games around drinking. There were no rules in pre-camp as long as we didn't commit any crimes, you know. And did you do the thing with the docks and dock in the morning? No, no. So we, the first year we started the the for this quote unquote fraternity, the uh, tradition was as soon as um, the alarm goes off, you have to get up and swim to a dock, like in the far reach, not far reaches of the lake, the third crib dock. You know, it's not that long a swim. But the point is, it's cold. It's like 7.30 a.m. Yes. or something. And we actually did it every day at pre-camp. That's awesome. It. It cool I would, no, we didn't do that. I would have loved that. But you had you did all the other stuff. Yeah, the, oh, it was great. Yeah. It was just like, you know, I, I went to a school with no fraternities and purposely with no fraternities because mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person if someone said, hey, drink this shoe full of booze and piss, <laughs> I'd say, fuck you, right? And I'd say, I'm out of here. <laughs> I can never understand why people do that, but this was the closest I'll ever right. come to experiencing that, and it was awesome and it was just something special between a small group of guys that we had. Mm-hmm. All right. Next is number six is confidence. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this earlier, but, you know, the independence, the girls, the athletics, all these things that in my life would have been normal to not good. Camp gave me this confidence to to be me and feel okay with that and to meet new people and do things I never would have done on my own. Right, without that kind of environment, and I, I just honestly think without camp, I'd be a different person sitting yeah. here talking to you today, particularly on the confidence factor. Well, you know, you, you and your buddy Brad Deutschman yes. were a comedy team, yes, in every sense of that word, absolutely. And so people would look forward to seeing you guys like in the talent show. Same thing with you, by the way. I had, yes, yeah, I, I had uh, my comedy partner yeah. was Lance Levy, who you know we we broke up, we pursued other. Uh, <laughs> comedic interests apparently no i love you lance wherever you are but um but so you like we've touched upon this earlier but you guys became you know celebrities the 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 brad and eddie show and and so and it was a cool thing for like the littlest of kids these kids that are that are like in the third and fourth grade coming up to you and going you know eddie that was really funny yeah Yeah. i felt like i was freaking you know a star And, and it was it was just I again, I'm at a point in my life where my wife always says, like, you don't give a fuck about anything. You'll say whatever you want. And I'm that wasn't me. Yeah. That was not me. I'm telling you. And camp brought that out of me. Yeah. 
and and I'm forever thankful for that. I just don't know how to say it otherwise. You know, counselors are are trained to do that, and you know, some do it better than others, of course. But we one thing at Tell Knower that I, I imagine is common in most camps, but maybe not all, is counselors took their job really seriously. Like I know like, I did. Yeah, 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 and. and so when there was a kid who was homesick or kind of the loser of the bunk or a poor athlete, the counselors were trained to figure out ways to lift them up. And sometimes it was, and I remember saying this in a, in a tra- and you were there, I remember in a training session to new counselors, I said, you know, if there's a kid named Jeremy Goldstein, he's kind of a loser. The moment you name him Psycho Dog, he becomes he becomes <laughs> a, psych- a yes. psycho dog. Yeah. Of course, uh, your your buddy Jake Kobrick uh, picked the wrong kid to name Psycho <laughs> Dog, and the, the kid did not need a confidence boost, and <laughs> naming him Psycho Dog turned him into a complete psycho. Right, and so dog. it doesn't always and a dog, yeah. So it doesn't always work, but at any rate, I still think of counselors um, that affected my confidence. David Gruber, yeah, being one that Jeff, Jeff Kopman yeah. is another that I will always think of Brian Rosenberg when I was real young and bunk one. Um, Bernie. Yep. You know, Bernie was another before he checked out my last year and was just kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bernie stuck right. around for a long I know, time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, okay, number seven. Number seven. The mess hall. <laughs> now, the mess hall doesn't exist R. I. P. anymore. R.I.P. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was burned down at our camp. But for those of you who don't know, we would eat all our meals in what we called the mess hall. We were assigned tables. That was with kids across all ages and and groups. And we were forced again to be confident and step out of our comfort zone. And that was a very nerve-wracking period, if you remember. It was. When I found out that policy my first year at camp, I was crestfallen because I just, like, the first day you get to know people in your bunk and you're like, okay, I already know a few people. And then it's like, you have to sit with all different people at the tables. And it's like, what? I want to sit with my friends. What's going on? But it's the best thing they ever did. I agree. I don't know if they still do that today. I'm pretty sure. All right. Okay. Um, Because, you know, funny thing is that outside of your bunk, your table mates became your great friends at camp. Um, There's no question. I vividly remember crushing on some older girls (laughs) at my table. I think seeing boobs for the first time and being like, pass the boobs. I mean, grilled cheese. Uh, being some awe of some of the older dude campers at my table, like yeah. they were the heroes. You know, we would all sing songs together. You know, wait for camp announcements, all exciting things. Where the next field trip was, what the evening activity was. You know, even laughing and when they called people to get their meds, the daily druggies. Yeah. Like, it was this whole thing. Even when as I was a counselor in training, when you wait on tables, then there's a whole nother thing that's going on there. Yeah. Right? It's just, it's, I, I can't Which was hard. It. That was yeah. hard work, by the way. It, it was. was. A, waiting on tables was a combination of hard work and you had to figure out a lot of shit. Going back to your confidence thing, yeah. like when you go off to college, you, you don't realize how much you've actually learned about just sort of taking care of yourself. Yes. That, that if people who've never been away for long periods of time don't get. But the me- yeah the mess hall that whole and there were all kinds of traditions like we are table best of all yeah you know tape the, the, your tape you take- the sh- yeah, yeah. Right. you would take pride like yeah. table sixteen man like yeah. you know like, oh, yeah, yeah. and we had like Siberia which was the way way far away but what's pissed me off if you, I don't know if you remember this and if you maybe even know the real reason behind it they used to always when I was a counselor they assigned you to specific tables too yeah and they ne- they always put me in row one always I was never not in row on one and t- I think it was to keep an eye on me. Which is the least desirable row. Right. Yeah. Least. There were a lot of politics behind the assigning of counselors to, to tables. <laughs> so much so that and I'm not completely proud of this, but it might have been my last summer when I was actually had finished my first year of law school. I was getting kind of old for a, a counselor, uh-huh. but I remember writing a letter. I literally wrote a handwritten letter, like to um, the whoever the director was at the time, 
saying that uh, talking about the crisis of confidence in the selecting of the tables that there, there's <laughs> corruption corruption because what happened was the deal was if you wanted to you had if you wanted to request uh, a female counselor to be your co-counselor you got to sign with the female yes. right and so certain times if there if people were a couple if people were boyfriend girlfriend they well we want to be at the table together fine you can request it but you're going to be in row one which is which is kind of the least fun row because you're right next to all the brass right, right? But one year, there started being these coincidences that this couple would pop up in row four or row five, and they, oh my God, we got to sit, sit together. I don't know why I decided to write like, you know, 2,000 words. Good for you. Fuck the system. <laughs> and you know what? It actually worked, and, and people got moved around, and they were pissed. Attica. <laughs> Attica. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right. I, again, I, to those who's never experienced, like the mess hall is absolutely a big yeah. part of that experience and a fun one. You know, um, just one last memory here. I remember yeah. there was this one sponge that went to oh, every boy. table and everyone had to help with the sponge and yeah. push the schmegma That's off right. the table down as it got to you. What That's the right. fuck was that? It's very unsanitary, <laughs> but it was. Those and those you remember being aware, those sponges could smell like the third ring of hell. Like those like those sponge yeah, it was just like a fantastic and then yeah, everyone pushes the sponge. Yeah, a couple of weird traditions. Although yes. I gotta say the first time I, I have memories of my first time as a camper and how the cleanup was kind of uh, economical. Like you, like it got sprayed down, it got sponged, and then when you were done, you put the benches up on the that's table. Right. And that's it's, right. And it's like, hey, we we, we, team. So we completed this. Yeah, team. Well done, team. <laughs> I'll give you one quick, funny yeah. mess hall story, and it goes back to pre-camp. There was a jukebox in the, in the mess hall, you yes. remember. And it had a pretty good selection. It was always fun to like punch, not during the meals, but if you were in there you know, off meal. And we used to have to, during pre-camp, we set up to serve the, these, these older Jewish gentlemen who stayed at camp for a weekend or so, who we affectionately called the doodles. <laughs> I don't. You remember the doodles? And, and I remember a lot of borscht. They, oh yeah, they love the borscht. Oh my god, they flipped out over the borscht. And we used to set up the tables with the jukebox cranking, and had such a fun time doing it. Until one day, the jukebox got stuck on Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Now <laughs> that's song. a great song. Yeah. Until you hear it twenty times in a row, because it's the only fucking song that jukebox. So, and the funny thing was, every time the record changed, we would all kind of look at each other like maybe this time it's going to play something different. And you hear nah, 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 and we'd kind of go, "Yay, Sir Duke again." Uh, we had to wait until Harvey showed up to fix it. Harvey, yeah. Harvey. Yes. All right. Two Moving more. On. Two more. The next one is counselors. Mm -hmm. So I can honestly say, not once, not once mm -hmm. did I have a counselor camp I didn't love. Mm -hmm. There were some I loved less, right? but I didn't. I loved all of them. They were like a big brother, farther figure rolled all into one. They'd have your back, bust your balls, be a shoulder to cry on all day. These guys, again, seemed larger than life to me at camp. Um, they would do things to us that you could never do today, like the duty Olympics, <laughs> where they would make us like you know hold pennies against the wall with our nose, and if you moved, you had to do it five more minutes, pushing balls on the floor. They would hang us on things called wedgie hooks, literally like it sounds like, which I would honestly be pissed if I heard today. But, but I, I loved it. I did. I loved it back then. The first time I saw a kid put on the wedgie hook, I have to say I was scared to death. I thought they were torturing this kid. But then after a little while you realized the kid was was kind of in on it in some in some fashion. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they didn't do it to any kid who really didn't want it. Like yeah. if you got picked, you were special. Yeah. It, it might sound like the most brutal treatment ever, <laughs> but like if they picked you, you were yeah, special. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. and the bunkmates and I loved every second. The PC police today would never allow this stuff to True. happen. True. Um 
but that's a shame. But I do think, you know, like, again, love advice, um, you know, anything, you know, girls, confidence, whatever it was, these were the people I would go to. And they lived with you, which is the other weird kind of dynamic about that when you think about it. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things. You were my counselor, for God's sake. Yes, you I know was. how many Twice. Years later? Twice, yeah. yes. And so, like, these are things that you, you, it's hard to explain if you aren't there, but these people were absolutely meaningful figures in my life. I love it. And, yeah. and well said. And, you know, at the, like you said, they become your role models. I remember Russell Schwartz, my dear friend who's a lawyer, he told me when I got out of law school, um, keep keep hitting up the camp people and asking them for job advice or recommend or whatever you need. It's the best fraternity. It's better than a real fraternity. And and he was right. And even people that I would look up people that I hadn't even crossed paths with the camp, like that were older than me that happened to be lawyers. I'm like, I'm a Telnor guy. Could we meet? And they're always like, oh, Telnor. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Let me see what I can do for it's, you. You're so yeah. right. Yeah. I, to this day, I still have those connections. Can I give you a quick uh, hazing story? Yeah. Well, uh, hazing is the yeah. mean word for it, but, but uh, hijinks at camp. I walked into uh, the lounge of what we called these hooks. There yeah. were three bunk, three bunk combos, and there was a lounge in the middle. And I walked in the lounge once. It must have been kind of late at night, but this guy Jeff Feldman is swinging around. I, I remember him, Feldy. Yeah. He uh-huh. was he was both lovable and and frightening because uh, <laughs> it seemed like he kind of had a screw loose. But love him, love him, love him to death. Uh, but he was swinging around this canvas bag, like this big like uh, duffel bag, and. Waldo is in there, the aforementioned Waldo. He's laughing hysterically. I go, what's so funny? And I hear a voice go, um, yes, help. Yes, help. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? Like, it, uh, I'm like, who is, I'm like, what was that voice? And and Waldo goes, Larry Holmes. And I go, well, where is he? And you hear, yes. I'm like, I'm in the duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, even to this day, to give you a, that, I know that dynamic. My son just got bar mitzvahed in Israel, and they have his more Israeli counselors now than Mazel. they did back yeah. then. And one of his counselors showed up. At the, That's amazing, at the wall. isn't that great? To, to, yeah, wow. Like, again, just so cool. That that that, and yeah. just final note on yeah. that. And you mentioned like the being shuffled with different kids, different ages at the table. It produces this interesting dynamic where you become friends with people that are either older than you or younger than you. And you know, when you go to school and you're in the fifth grade, you're pretty much hanging with the kids in the fifth. No grade. doubt. And and yep. you, like like a sixth grader, seventh seventh grader, forget it. Seventh yeah. grade is not going to say hi to you. They're in seventh grade. You're right. in fifth grade. But at camp, you you, you develop these friends, and it's. Uh, Really cool thing. It's so amazing. And my last reason, and right. I'm going to say it again because it gets two two list mentions, is girls. <laughs> girls, 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 girls. That is reason <laughs> that is, numero one, is... <laughs> reason one through ten, and then everything else I just and talked it, about. And if there were 11, it would be number right, 11. Too. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Girls. Girls, you, girls, I girls. I thought you were going to say memories, friendship. Uh, nope, uh, no. nope. Girls. 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 There it is. There's my, you know, it was Dave, this was awesome to talk to you about this. It's cathartic. Uh, I miss it desperately, you know, and uh, to everyone off going out to camp as parents or as kids, enjoy, have fun. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami DePerel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message 
and build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast. The hilarious show known as Shawshanked. And the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. We're back again with my favorite segment, as always, of the Are You Not Entertained podcast, and that is... George is getting upset! Ed's getting upset. And I am furious, engulfed in flames with this one. Now, Dave, I've tried to explain this to you as we came in to Mm -hmm. talk today. Mm -hmm. This is going to lose me some friends, this one. Literally Literally, lose some friends. Literally lose me some friends. Unfriend. Unfriend me. (laughs) Mute me. Block me. Right. Because today, it's been this has been this has been brewing in me for years, oh. and it's gonna happen. It's the you know it's more hatred than Starbucks, more hatred than Disney World, is my my hatred for people's behaviors on social media. Yes, and because it's about time someone yes, said it. Oh my God, yeah. fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> <sighs> Already went to the fucking Jesus yeah. Christ. Right. Look, I social media is personal. I get it. And it's the the person's running and it's their way or the highway. And I can never control what other, nor should I ever be able to control what people do. But if I am connected to you and I see this stuff or by proxy you share stuff to me that comes from such behaviors I'm about to say, then it's the it's this this burning hatred that's been burning inside me for years, like you know Homer turning into the Hulk that one time when all the rage just builds inside of him and the bubbles, and he literally falls into a green thing of paint. Right, that's that's what's happening to you me. You shouldn't have made Ed angry. Right, you, you won't like him when he's angry. Right, so I'm prepared for the screw you, Eds. Don't follow me, like you know, or the unfriending as we just said, or muting me, or people saying, well, you could just mute them. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't want to mute some of these people because right. I do like them. Why do you have to do the work? Right, exactly. Yeah. There's a ton of good things about social media. The fact that I connect with people I would never be able to see or connect with family, friends, camp, whatever, otherwise. But there's a big dark side to this, and the following is sud dark we go. side. The manifesto. Okay, so the following I'm going to talk about are different types of social people, and the brief definition, and of course, a little color added to each of these, if you will. Good. So first is influencers. Oh, God. Right, exactly. What the fuck is an influencer? Why am I even saying that sentence, influencer? The word itself makes me want to throw up. (laughs) Who names someone an influencer? Is there any qualification to be one? Is there some degree or school for this? Do these people get knighted by Queen Elizabeth? (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, these people can go right the fuck off. These are usually your business speakers or your your hipster person who's peddling some product or you know some business guru whatever the fuck or know. oftentimes they they do absolutely nothing right. except the, maybe look right. pretty exactly yeah. exactly so for shits and giggles, I'm going to name him. I never do this. I've talked about this person before oh, in boy. social media. You, I'm sure you've heard of him of Simon Sinek. No, I don't know this all person. All right. Well, he's like the person that is like the, the, the sage guru of all of these businesses. Okay. Right. He gives talks about, you know, how to be a leader and, you know, workplace emotion and all this fucking fluffy, stupid crap. Like this right? generation's version of Tony Robbins? Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But yep. for business. Okay. okay? Right. Maybe he, Tony Robbins is too. I don't know. Yeah. But- 
I went one day for shits and giggles because people like they kneel at the altar of Simon Sinek. So for shits and giggles, I went to his LinkedIn profile hmm. and I wanted to take a look at this guy's experience that made him such a, a sage business person. Wouldn't you know it? Dude never fucking worked a day in business. <laughs> Not a day. Really? But so yet everyone just started people how to yes. start telling people how to do right. it. Right. Yeah. It's so great. I'm going to go to doctors now and I'm going to start pitching to doctors. <laughs> And I'm going to say, well, for back surgery on the L3, L4 vertebrae, you really should start using the Shatutsky method, <laughs> right, of this, and, and you should listen to me. Or have you ever thought about what it means to be a surgeon? Let's talk about that. Right. Let's talk about the deep meaning of why you're at the workplace and how we can make it better in the surgery room. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Fuck all those influencing bullshit people out there. You know, I, I just... <sighs> I try to mute these people. I yeah. really do. But it keeps coming back. It's like, you know, in The Godfather, they keep pulling me back yeah. in because everyone keeps retweeting and regurgitating this shit like it's fucking, you know, the, the, the Psalms of David. Yeah, I don't know who these people are that get fascinated and addicted to pablum because that's what it is. It's it, pablum. Yes. It's like you're not really saying anything. It's like, well, you need to believe in yourself and you need to. It's like, <laughs> it's like. It's, have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? It's yes. Greg Kinnear's eight-step program towards being a better you. And how is he to give you any specifics? Like, okay, you get... I mean, they must be amazing speakers, I guess, or something, or they're they're drugging people or something because people follow them. But it's like, what do you really get out of, out of uh, you know, paying to see people that they get paid to, to do all this shit? The best right? of the people who dub themselves, if you see their names or their profiles, they call themselves an influencer. Mm. Like the deuce chills on my on my back are just like at, at all alert. Like who the fuck you? Who do you think you are, you asshole? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. Here's a hint. If someone A calls himself an influencer or B is on social media all day, quote unquote, influencing or C posts really stupid or vacuous shit, they're not an influencer. They're an asshole. <laughs> Period. I wonder if the influencers will eventually go out of vogue sort of in the way it's wishful thinking that the dot-coms went away. Like the dot-coms were all the rich. People were addicted and people threw all kinds of money at these dot-com companies. This is back when dot-com was a new thing. Yeah. It turns out, you know, I'm making this up, but 90, 95% of them were worthless companies. Yes. And, and just people just threw money at nothing and eventually most if not all of them went uh, one belly up i wonder if the influencers will ever sort of be exposed as having no substance and people will stop being influenced by some random person on instagram that you think is really cool at putting the caramel on top of their latte or whatever the fuck they're doing. exactly yeah. jesus christ I, I, side note if you refer to yourself as an influencer or yourself as a speaker mm. and if that's not your job and maybe you've spoken at a few conferences right fuck you <laughs> You put on your website, you, I thought it was interesting, you put the actual stats of how many times you've spoken yes. in front of various groups. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, oh God. Yeah. All right. Anyways, the next, this one's going to get me in hot water. <laughs> the political talking heads. Okay. Okay. Now. <laughs> you mean people uh, pretending to be political yes. talking oh, yeah. heads. Yes. Okay. The, the, everyone who's a political commentator. Right. You know, we have, you know, everyone from Ben Shapiro, like not the real Ben Shapiro, but yep. people think they're Ben Shapiro or, you know, or uh, what's his fucking name? Cuomo on CNN. Like right. they they fancy themselves to be those people. Right. Right. Even some of those people aren't the greatest, but go ahead. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but they think so that, yeah. For me, my parents taught me when I was really young, there are two things to not discuss or avoid discussing in public. Politics and religion. Now, I'm not saying what I learned is right or wrong compared to what you were taught, but I'm totally saying that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know we're living in some really emotionally charged times right now, however you feel about things that are going on in the world. But for the life of me, I cannot figure out why these nonstop political posters are trying to achieve. I, I, I just, I can't wrap my head around what they think is happening when they post their pol nonstop political rants. So my guess it's one of these things. One, they want to hear themselves rant. Fine. I love to. I'm doing that right now. Yeah. I like that. Cool. I can get behind that. If you just want to hear yourself, bitch or moan. But I don't think that's what it is. Right. Two, they think they can change someone's mind by posting political comments. And that's just hysterical in its own right. Yeah. Somebody, right. somebody posted a meme. <laughs> I loved. Someone posted yeah, something right. recently or last year, whatever it was. It said, um, wow, I just read someone's online post and was completely changed of my political belief system, said no one ever. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. They love just being shit stirrers. Fine. Mm -hmm. Or D, they have no idea or social no of social norms or behaviors. Yep. Because would you ever do this? You know, people forget social part of media. Right. Right. And the way my rule of thumb is, if I'm going to put something out there, it was something I would do to you in person. It was something I would say to you in person or at a party, at a networking event, at, in a group of people at a bar. I don't know about you, but would you ever meet some new people or go out there and say something like, you know, I think fucking Trump's an asshole and the Republicans are evil and burning should burn in hell? Even if you thought that and, and maybe you rightfully think that. No, you, you would abide by by well-traveled and, and justified social mores. I knew a guy once. I was in a networking group with this guy. He wasn't a bad guy, but it was like he couldn't help himself. And he would. He was the only guy I knew who would ever do this. He would come over and go, are you talking about Trump? Well, let me tell you that blah, 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 blah. And he got kicked out of the networking group because right. it, it, was, it was completely jarring to everyone. And there's a perfect example. Right. So if you hate that person in real life, don't be that asshole on social media. Right. People do it under the cover of of the keyboard, you know. That it's the, it's it's a it's a the illusion of anonymity. You think you you're not anonymous at all, as people see. But you get braver. Needless to say, braver behind the keyboard. It, you know, I always tell clients. <laughs> I do. I you do. have such a look of disdain oh, on your I, face. I, I, I fucking hate this so much. <laughs> like it, these these people. Like I don't. I just don't get it. I don't understand the reasoning. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like I would never. I never, ever, ever, ever discuss my politics publicly, right. ever. Yep. And even privately, it's to a very select few people. You want to know why? Because nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> and you're not going to change anybody's No. Mind. No, right. I remember like a time before social media when I could go into a voting booth mm -hmm. and no one knew what right. I did. And I didn't need to tell people. Or wear the fucking stupid goddamn pin I voted and take 7 million selfies of myself showing that crap. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I, it just, I, I'm sorry. I know people and, are fired up about the world today, but I don't need to hear your bullshit. And if you don't realize it, if you, let's say you hold a belief that isn't, I'm not even going to say what it is, but say it's not a popular belief, but yes. you fucking believe it. If you go out and in, you know, strident fashion with some strong language and put something on social media, you may not realize how many friends you just lost oh my or or at least they won't tell you to your face yeah but they'll they'll be talking about you behind your back going oh my god did you see what so-and-so posted i didn't realize he was nuts i didn't right. realize she was nuts. exactly and i've had people say that to me well but you're not the no, one no 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 oh. about, oh, about others right. about other people yeah so that's the thing every time you post that 50 percent of the people are probably like yeah you go political ranter right and the other 50 percent what a fucking asshole there you go <laughs> yeah you know and that, that's the thing um no one cares they don't care about my opinion. They don't fucking care about your opinion. You want to talk about it? Turn to your wife. Maybe write a journal. Right. But keep that shit to yourself. It's the same as your fantasy football team. Right. You, you know who cares about your fantasy football team? You. You. And that's you. it. That's right. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, Jesus. Okay. Anyways, next. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. It is. It is. And again, I just got seven unfriends with that very one. Um, the next is the weather reporters. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I'm so happy to get to this one. Ed, guess what? It's snowing. Right. Oh yes. my God, snow again? Right. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. So here's it. the thing, Dave. I have windows in my house. Also, these, these see these things my glasses are on top of? They're called my eyes, okay? <laughs> right. Yet these people feel like they have to play the part of Chet on New Center 5. <laughs> and sure make sure everyone on social media knows what the fuck I could see through my goddamn window <laughs> or through my eyes or maybe even with myself walking outside really oh it's hot i know that what yeah. i don't need is you fucking telling me with every goddamn weather change there is i seriously have thought about these motivations of these people's far more than i should think about anything I really have thought about why the fuck are they doing this you know i'm a brother in arms right, with you yeah. and, and and in a way you and i are guilty of spending too much mental energy on how <laughs> fucking so crazy true. these people are it's in a so way true. we're as pathetic as they yeah. are, but but I'm with you. I can't stand it. Right. I can't stand it. So my question to these social weather superstars is, <laughs> is it hot in hell? Because you're going to be telling me from when you're dead. Because that's what you'll be burning. God. <laughs> yeah. OMG. So hot today. <laughs> right. Didn't exactly. realize hell was going to be uh -huh. this hot. Satan's really pissed today. <laughs> You know what's a cousin of that? I hope I'm not stepping on one of your other You points. might be, but go ahead. But um, when, okay, so say, for example, last October, Red Sox in the World Series. Yes. Red Sox win game one. Everyone's psyched. People on Facebook posting, Red Sox win, exclamation point. <laughs> Gee whiz, thanks. <laughs> if I fucking care about the Red Sox, don't you think I know that? Yes. Yeah. Again, what do you think my lost follower count or friend count was on that one? <laughs> number keeps going yeah. up every day. Every minute. had a yeah. real-time number. Tick, tick, tick. Right, exactly. All right, next up, the workout warriors. Oh, yeah. Yes, I and I know. Too. Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> we all know these people. Yeah. Went to the gym this morning, and everyone needs to know. <laughs> everyone. God damn it. My local CrossFit team, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I want everyone to know that. <laughs> By the way, CrossFit is like a, a cult. If you've known anyone who's been in them, yeah, and, and it's just a different cult comes along every five or ten right, years. Exactly. And that, and this right, is, yeah. exactly. No question. Um, you know, then these people, they need to check in at the gym. On the, there's more on checking in later. They need to know, because everyone needs to know you're at the gym. I, I would not be complete course, yeah. if I didn't know you went to the fucking gym. Yes. Jo wait, Joanne, how many planks did you do today? Right, because exactly. uh, my day isn't complete. <laughs> By the way, quick aside on, yeah. on CrossFit. Somebody did a really funny joke on Twitter or something. It was that um, I was trying to kill a cockroach in my bathroom. All I could find was Axe body spray, so I sprayed it, but it didn't kill him. But now his name is Brad, and he just talks about CrossFit all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, look, I can see themselves saying it now. I love running, but one post about it isn't just going to cut it. I've got to make every post yeah. about me fucking running whatever day this is. And on top of that, we've got to do the circle shot when we run together yep. of all of our feet looking down and our feet together in a circle. Oh, boy. Right. Oh, my yeah. God. By I, the way, way too much feet in general on right, social media. Exactly. When right. you're at the beach, I don't want to yep. see your fucking feet on the, on the beach. Right. Like, if you want to send me a picture of the sun and wherever you are, okay, yeah. good. You're bragging, but whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, damn. I'm with you. This is, right. Some people literally every day. Every day. Every day. And what, like, why do they think... I, I don't know. You know what? If you lost a limb and then you got a prosthetic leg and you haven't run in seven years and you run one day, 
Tell me about that. Right. That's interesting. Fine. Inspiring. That's interesting. Yes. That's inspiring. Inspiring. Not just because you lost seven pounds, like Mazel Tov. Right. No one exactly. Gives a shit. And and these people have no filter. Zero. I know. Huh? Zero. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. I do, no one needs to know. I'm happy you're working out and you're getting good on your health. Right. But fuck you for making all <laughs> me have to listen to it and hear that bullshit all the time. <sighs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I Again. wish everyone could see how upset you are. It's great. <laughs> all right. There's like, that's 20 more fond friends I just lost. Okay. Then, then there's the vague on purpose so you'll ask more people. They call them vague bookers. Vague bookers. Yes. Yes. So it's the, you know, the people lobbying out the constant vague posts about their health, their relationship status. I just can't handle today. Right. Yeah, the current moods. Yeah. We all know these people. They're posting things like really feeling her- terrible, worried. <laughs> or please keep me in your thoughts, right? And without no further details, and this is all on purpose, and every one of us suckers fall for it, we have to lobby out, are you okay? Is yes. everything okay? Oh, good Lord. Right, on the feed with it. And of course, they never answer right. on the feed. They just want them to keep coming, make sure people know that they're okay, right? right? And this and this. So they're looking for attention, and you know, I just don't get it. Maybe I'm an asshole. Okay, I know I'm an asshole, <laughs> right? But I could give a fuck, <laughs> Right, and if you're lobbing something out on there for my attention to get it, you want to talk to me? Call me. Right. Text me. I'm more than happy to be a friend to you. So what would be a good comeback to those people? Like, feeling really sad today would be like, uh, no, you're not. You're fine. Right. (laughs) Right. I don't know, because that would be like the most ultimate evil if it was really that time. This should be one day per year when you can say anything you want to these idiots on social media with no repercussions. Yeah. Sadly, that day would never come. All right, next up is the... Uh, Wait, the, hold on. Yeah. No, you just lost 100 more. Right, exactly. There they go. Um, the next up is the, the I just sneezed peeps. Okay, so these ones get me right in my core. Yep. The people, you know them, they post every waking moment of their existence. Just wipe my ass, little corn giblets. <laughs> oh, stop. Right. Well, yeah. yeah bre- from making breakfast to what shoes they put on to how hard they wipe their ass, there's no limit to how much people feel like they, everyone needs to know every waking moment of their existence. Yeah. I don't. No. Maybe I'm alone in that. Yeah, one of my favorites is um, this woman who posts everything that I know. She's like, just made dinner for the kids, and they actually liked it, exclamation point. And then, like, eight of her idiot friends are like, way to go. I bet it was delicious, Lucy. Blah, 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 blah. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You made dinner for your kids? Like, do, do you want an Academy Award? I mean, right. what do you want? What the fuck? Right. You want a Nobel exactly. Prize? Exactly. Oh, I actually thought about doing, like, a mock account of this where I would just document my day. Yeah. Like, every graphic detail of it. Just let loose a huge fart. It's really smelly. <laughs> the person next to me, I'm pretending they don't notice. Like, just to see, like, you know, because it's just the most ridiculous thing. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Moving on. The super selfie man or woman. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> selfies can be fun every now and then. I like taking them every now and then. But you know these people. Every part of their existence. This is like a cross section of the person we Subset, just talked about. Yeah, yes. cousin of the Right, uh, a cousin of person. them. Yeah. Where they take selfies all day, all the time. You know, look at me. Here's a selfie in the fucking dentist chair. Right. Right. Um, here's me walking my dog selfie. Right. Here's me with a new boyfriend. And the best part of those, by the way, is the dead look in the eyes boyfriends have. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, will this bitch <laughs> ever stop taking goddamn selfies of me with the Tracy, duck face? Tracy, this is right. two dozen today. Right. And the, we haven't even left the same museum. Right, which, exactly. <laughs> uh, the duck face poses, too. Yeah. Like, there's the whole Yenta crew, as I like to call them, the moms. You know? Sure. I don't want to say MILFs, because that's not necessarily the case in a lot of them. 
um, but the Yenta crew, right? right. And yep. they they they're the most notorious for this because they apparently like you know they're like kids discovering this new trend where they have to take selfies of themselves, and it's right. always with the fucking duck face, duck face yeah. right? Or the the slant to the side or the tilt of the head yeah. that they all do. I don't understand the the rhyme. I just found out about the the thin arm. Someone oh. told me about women pictures where they put the arm on their their hips. Yeah. But the f- some woman told me the, she does a thing called the turtle, where she tries to push her head forward like a turtle would, <laughs> and that makes you skinnier somehow. So look out for the turtles. We know who you are, turtles. But seriously, like yeah. a selfie now and then, cool. That's yeah. great. All goddamn day, every day, right. with the goddamn duck face. Right. That doesn't make you look attractive. No. And news, have a point. flash. I right. want to see a selfie of you in... Uh, Billy Zabka mm-hmm. from the Karate Kid movies. Right. Everyone <laughs> should good. want to see that. That makes me laugh. Look right. at that. There's exactly. that with Billy Zabka. Exactly. Okay. The next is that I just lost like 20 of my, my wife's friends, yep. right? With uh, that very one. Okay. Off they go. Uh, yep. The constant vetch- kvetchers, as I like to call them. Mm. All right. This, this, <laughs> this person's never happy. Mm. Never. Okay. You know these people. Whether the food at the restaurant sucks, the weather's too cold. Uh, you know, see weather reporters, by the way, <laughs> we're talking yeah. about there, or there's too much traffic or they're just miserable assholes. They feel the need to let everyone know their anger about every said thing. Yeah. They're, they're never happy. Yeah. Right. Everything is a goddamn complaint. Yeah. And it's usually about thing. It can be about things like, um, Louis CK had a bit about this. Like it, it, it's complaining about something that you might not have even had. Like, uh, some guy flew off the rails on an airplane because they're like, I'm, I'm afraid there's no Wi-Fi service on the airplane today. And and some guy flew off the rails, and it's like, dude, you're complaining about something that just was invented like 18 months ago. Like, right. relax. Right. Or I don't understand why they have to give me, you know, plastic uh, paper bags at the grocery. I just want my plastic bag. Like, get on with right. your life. There's this thing called internal monologue. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But they they don't it's have supposed it. to stay there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> internal being the key word. Right. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. <laughs> Next, the philosophers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I know, Dave, you have a special part <laughs> yes. in your heart for this. Yes. But like you, I fucking hate vapid quotes. Yeah. I especially hate people, though, who constantly post said vapid quotes. Mm-hmm. I get it. You're deep. You're super in touch with your inner self. You're whatever the latest I'm deep trend is, you know, your hot yoga, whatever. I don't even fucking know the new age things of like how deep I am thing, whatever right, trend there is. Right. Um, you know, I get it. But once in a while, fine. You want to have a quote out there. That's good. But these people are like they're passing the mobs as the next, you know, Aristotle or Socrates. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's where I fucking draw the line. Yeah. Mute. <laughs> And I do. I've lost friends over this one because yes. I saw someone posted so a woman I know who I think I've since made up with. She might still hate me, but someone posted something that said, everything in your life is a matter of your choices. If you don't like the direction of your like, life, make different choices. And so, you know, of course, immediately, like 10 of her friends are like, oh my God, so true, so true, so true. <laughs> and so- Those people also suck, right, by the way, yes. All right, right. Uh, and I tried to be diplomatic about it. I said, well, I think don't isn't what you want to say more like um, don't ever underestimate your ability to change the course of your life through doing different things or maybe different choices. But everything it said, everything in your life is a result of the choices you make. So I said, well, what about people who get cancer? Like that, that I don't think that was their choice. Well, said, what about- <laughs> that's a yeah. very interesting observation there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so. And so she fired back at me like, you missed the point. That's not the point. I'm like, uh, do you expect everyone to just agree with all this pablum you're posting, all these philosophical like BS things? Um, or can we have a discussion about it? No, I, I got unfriended. Yeah. 
I've I've personally tried to mock these people yep. as much as I can, as you see, um, and try to show the idiocy of all of it. But people sometimes look at mine and they're like, "Oh, I agree." Yeah. I'm like, do you even read what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, w- what you're referring to is that you do satirical versions <laughs> yes, of right, this. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. Right. A, do you want to read this one? Or you got one up. up right. Up on I have your one. Site? A, I have one on my site where I have my, you know, a serious look on my face and my hand under my chin, and black and white, of course, because black and white makes it even more important. Right. I said in quotes, when you put your hand under your chin in a black and white photo, it makes you seem intellectual, thus making your words seem more in- important and or inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally every fucking thing out there, but like you know, I you also have a, a, an austere-looking clock in the background, right, exactly, which makes it even right, better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, this is the kind of bullshit that like, why is my words more like is not is le- even more meaningful than the vapid shit you're putting out? It's funny how people don't read shit. So, so you you really catch get yeah, people in that. Yeah, uh, d- I did one about bed pillows the other day. I did a rant, uh, like a quote like this about why to bed pillows and my whole thoughts about bed pillows. And people are like, I agree, bed pillows. I'm like. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I posted a picture once. There was a, a reunion of our summer camp, which you've talked about yeah. previously on the podcast. And uh, this dude, Dave Copeland, our, our mutual friend, yeah. he, he lit this mini like uh, thing in the backyard. We used to burn a TN at camp. Anyways, he lit it and it, it kind of went up too quickly and he panicked and ran out with the fire extinguisher. It was funny. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got, nobody got burned. But I posted the picture of him doing it, and I wrote something like, the real heroes are the guys who frantically put out this thing that they just put <laughs> And can I tell you, a couple people started putting genuine comments about firefighters and how brave they are. Oh, I'm fuck. like, no, that wasn't the point. It was just a right. joke. Oh, Everybody relax. Fuck. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what the whole... I should have just said, Everybody relax to this whole rant. That's right. Because that encompassed it 100%. All right. Next is, uh, again, probably 20 more followers just lost there. The next is the I'm quitting social media proclaimers, but never do. <laughs> but never do. Okay. <laughs> I'll see these people all the time. They're, they're, they're pro- their you know, proclamation of I'm done with social I'm done. media. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. But curiously enough, enough, then I see that same person the next day like nothing ever happened. I just have one more thing to right, say. Right, right, And on and on and on it goes. You know, until the next time they make that declaration again, right? And right. then wash, rinse, repeat. Oh, yeah. Same fucking bullshit. You also have the cousin of this one, though, <laughs> which is that I'm taking a leave of social media. I'm unplugging yeah. for a few weeks. And then they're right back on it the next day, too. You know, I'm sure these, I don't know what these brave heroes are trying to say or accomplish. You know, but, you know, maybe it's to make us plead to them to stay. Like, please don't go. Stay. Yep. No, but, it's pathetic. I, I, I think they genuinely, they get caught in this rabbit hole where they, they fight about something, usually it's some political thing, and they get so pissed off about what's going on, and they want to make the ultimate point, like, I'm taking my ball and going home. You, right. You people yeah. ruined this like for Cartman, me. Like screw you guys. Yeah, screw I'm going home. Yeah, like blaming everyone, <laughs> the entire universe of social media, you guys fucked us all up and I'm leaving. <laughs> But they, they, you know, it's like, then it's the alcoholic back to the booze. They're coming back. Uh, Oh, they're totally coming back. And, you know, here's the thing. If you want to quit, quit. But why do I have to hear about your proclamation? (laughs) Why? No, you have to, Ed. Right. To to plead for them to, to, no, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. We need you. Okay. (laughs) Next. The, I have a baby, damn it. (laughs) All right. Look, I'm a parent too. I'm probably slightly guilty of this when my kids were infants and toddlers. Right. But there's a difference <laughs> between the occasional baby photo and the cute post and the nonstop fucking parade of baby, 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 baby. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, your baby's Was cute. that a James Brown song? Uh, yes, it, it was. It might have been. Yeah. 
yes, your baby's cute, mm-hmm. but in small doses. When I see your baby all the time, I want to fucking puke. <laughs> Be a good mommy and daddy and cut that shit in half. Mm-hmm. And then cut that half in shit and another half. And then one more time. And then you're at a good ratio yeah. of the baby goddamn pictures. Yeah, with you. Right? Look, babies are internet gold. I get it. People mm-hmm. love babies. There's the ah, uh, cuteness and shit like that. But as new parents, like nobody gives a fuck. I know. And you know what? It's going to get worse for your kids are already well out of diapers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and my kids even more. So my kids yes. are older. I feel like it gets with every passing year. You, um, uh, you know, uh, have forgotten a little bit what it was like to raise the kids or whatever. Every passing year, it becomes sort of a, a little bit more distant in your rearview mirror. Um, you have less and less sympathy for these new parents. Like, I, like I don't give a zero shit. Zero at know this what? point. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, or less and less affectation. Like, he just did this. He just did this. And, or, or even the thing, oh, I'm taking care of the baby all along. Mom just needs a drink of wine. And then <laughs> oh, oh, you deserve it, Tracy. Right, you, yeah. you deserve <laughs> it, Catherine. It's like, uh, you know what? What We've all raised fucking kids. Right. You, you, okay, right. get over it. Right. Like, exactly. You're not that special. Oh, God. All right. The next is, I hashtag everything because I don't know how hashtags work, people. <laughs> Hashtags, for those of you who don't know, are a thing on social media that are used for searching and tracking purposes, okay? Mm. Yet, there is this special bead of person who doesn't understand how this works and thinks a hashtag is really PS, a PS to their posts. Right. Right? Yep. Or like, a, oh, by the way. <laughs> yep. Example. I went out for dinner last night. This is the post, and I had a great steak. Hashtag, that was filet mignon. Hashtag, my stomach hurts, it's so full. Hashtag, I can't believe my drink, it was so good. Hashtag, the waiter was really hot. <laughs> or whatever the fuck that means. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, I'm pretty sure no one on earth is searching for, you know, hashtag, I can't believe my drink was so good. Yep. I'm, I, uh, just call it a hunch. The only way I would I forgive this is if it's super funny, you know? But, but Maybe, but, 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 but it but, never is. It usually is not. Yeah, it's usually just uh, a recitation or summation or whatever. But um, yeah, they can hashtag go fuck themselves. Right, exactly. <laughs> hashtag stick it up your ass! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, God. All right. Then there's the, this is, this is going to hurt me as a nerd to say this, but there's the you're ruining my childhood peeps oh, yeah. on social media. Yeah. So I'm a proud nerd. But this subspecies of nerd, you know, they feel they need to shit on anything new. They do. You know the type. They're never happy about the new movie or remake, and they always say, you're ruining my childhood. And what the fuck does that mean anyways? Yeah. I, I don't understand that. These peeps give us nerds a bad name. Shame. Mm. Shame. Shame on them. Shame. Unless you've got Marty McFly's time machine, your childhood is over. You can't go back there anyway. Exactly. It's not ruined. Exactly. <sighs> okay. <laughs> then there's this person. Deep yeah. breaths. Right. We're almost there. Okay. Uh, there's the people who post horrific shit. Oh, yeah. You know? So what I mean by that? Shock and awe. Right. I don't need to see the video of, of seals being killed. I don't want to see that shit. Nor do I want to see the video of puppies being tortured. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? These oh, people, yeah, yeah. These people share Graphic this. Graphic images right? ahead. Right. Yeah. Like, P.S. Where the fuck do you find this crap? <laughs> where are you going on the internet? The to, dark to, web. Right. Exactly. Get help. Yeah. But I don't need to see that awful shit. It sticks with me because I, and you know, sometimes care and have a feelings. Yeah. I don't want to see that shit. And why the fuck do you need to share that crap with me? Mm. I can't get that crap out of my head half the time when I see it. Half the time, it's also fake. It's like a, it's like right. a, just some gory right. image, and then they put like this just happened in Palestine. It's like, uh, right. no, that happened twelve years ago. Right. Whatever. Oh my god, yeah. Jesus. All right. <laughs> the next is the pyramid schemers. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. I'm losing, I'm a losing few your on ideas. This one. Me too. Me too. <laughs> hashtag, oh boy. Yeah. Hashtag me too. Ed. Right. Hashtag Arbon. <laughs> hashtag whatever. Okay. No matter how hard I tried to mute this phenomenon, it just keeps coming. Your quote unquote friend has discovered some new lipstick, cream, or whatever the fuck it is, and can't stop posting about it first and how amazing and life changing these products are. And then it begins. So oh, yeah. I feel like we should have the, the Lord of the Rings meme. <laughs> so it begins, <laughs> right? The constant barrage of open houses and classes and meetups about these amazing products. Then there's the conventions they go to and how you can be part of this too. If you just join my sales team. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Then it's the quotes about I know I only now I only work about 10 hours a week and make more than I ever did because I'm selling this now posts urge to kill. Yeah. Growing. Yeah. This is a huge one, Ed, and I have a theory about this one. So, they're okay. So, I don't think it's stereotyping when it's actually like facts. They're all women, right? <laughs> okay. Are yeah, they all women? Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. And they're either selling yes. makeup or dietary uh, mm-hmm, supplements or mm-hmm. protein shakes or some shit or jewelry, maybe. Yes. And what it is, is it's women who declare that they're. Now that you know they're probably you know stay-at-home moms, and maybe the kids are grown, they're looking for something to do, and they're like, "I've become financially independent." It's like, no, I don't think you have (laughs) actually. And what you're actually doing is selling makeup to to all your friends who are then selling you the fucking protein shakes back and right. it's just money going back and forth and you're not doing anything or building anything i'm sorry i know some people out there that i won't name um who've literally done like four or five of these things there's been the life yeah. cycle of I, I saw it coming first it was the makeup then it was the protein shake and then it was this thing and this thing and it's like it's like a it's just this cycle that keeps repeating itself. It, i mean it is tupperware it's been around forever yes. like it is it is it is uh, avon lady yes and it just keeps uh, spinning back in different ways, and but but there's something culty about that too because unfortunately, it they they are the only people benefiting. I think are like as you uh, alluded to, the people at the top of yes, the pyramid, yes. and these and these people who are the kind of cogs in the middle who think they're making all kinds of money. They're kind of making pennies on the dollar, and the the somebody at the top is making the money, obviously, but. They post all these things that are that I think are given to them about like a couple paragraphs about independence and blah blah blah, and so they think. That, and the reason why is that apparently catches people that see this and say, "Oh, you know, uh, Josephine here seems to be making a lot of money on this makeup thing. Look at look at how confident she is, and look at this, and maybe I should sign up too." Yeah. Uh, look, I, I've muted and unfriended these people. <laughs> you know what's that beautiful new button on Facebook where you can unfriend someone where you don't see their shit but they don't know and they right. still think you're friends? Yeah, uh, whatever that is, I've done it to them. It's called the secret yeah. secret uh, kill, right? The secret kill. <laughs> no. I've secret killed a bunch of people, <laughs> yeah. and it's been amazing. Um, but. <laughs> they still keep coming they come back they keep coming they're like cockroaches they just won't stop okay three more all right um (laughs) again that one just lost me a lot of friends (laughs) yep um okay the humble braggers oh yeah all right i mean this really doesn't need an explanation but i guess in in my industry this is a little bit more i may be common than in others Mm -hmm. but it's the Oh, I just spoke at a, at a conference, and can you believe it? They only paid for my flight, and they didn't pay for it. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh my god, right? Or, or you know, oh my god, my my new Mercedes. You know, the engines run out, and now I have to go to the shop and wait two hours. You know, I could go on and on with the fucking douchery examples yep. of how many of this. Like, Christ. Yeah. Again, inner monologue. Right. 
Uh, do, do you think these people just side side argument here? Do you realize? Do you think these people realize how douchey they appear when they do this? No, I think that they they think that they have provided appropriate cover. If they say so tired after flying back from Paris to to, <laughs> to speak to, in front of yeah, five thousand people, right? Right. right yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and now I got to go back to work tomorrow. It's like, and they think, oh, th- this this will uh, be a way for me to share with people. I really want to tell everyone I went to Paris, but now they'll actually feel bad for me that I have to do it. You know. And, uh, yeah, we all see through it, needless to say. Uh, maybe I'm a vindictive asshole, but I hate these people. No, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah I just it makes me angry. Okay, then the, 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 the next one is, is kind of related is my only life is my work peeps. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's, you know, it's the maybe, again, it's the industry I'm in, but you cannot escape this phenomenon. I'm sure of it. <laughs> these people only, only post about work constantly. Whether it's about speaking, trends, sharing articles, their business accomplishments, the new clients they won, whatever it is, it's all work all the time for these people. Dave, mm-hmm. as a friend of mine since I was a kid, if you ever see me doing this, I have one flavor. <laughs> Put me down. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Take my ass out. <laughs> well, you, it'll Cement never, shoes. It'll never happen to you, but I, I'm with you. Well, I mean, you... Uh, I use an example of people who mix in your passions and likes and things that you find interesting into your work. So sometimes you spin it around to work, and then other times it's just not. It's, it's just it's just fun. Nope. It's just I hope you find this right. interesting. So LinkedIn, I'll do that. On Facebook, right. you first of all, you rarely see me post on Facebook. Yeah. That's on purpose because I fucking hate Facebook for all the reasons we're talking about <laughs> right here, right? But even on Twitter, like I, I purposely like just try to have fun. Like for me, again, back, back to social media, I like humor. And yeah, so I'm always right. trying to make people laugh and have fun and something that makes me giggle. Yeah, if you post something that's like a one-liner that's funny, right. fantastic. You just made my life, right. you know, uh, you know, one, uh, 1% happier than I would have been otherwise. That's yes. a good use of social media. Yes. Keep yes. it brief. Right. Get in and get out. Make All your joke. All this other shit, fuck that shit. Okay. <laughs> God. And again, in my world, like with recruiting and HR and marketing, these people are the goddamn worst at this stuff. Uh-huh. I, they're literally people I've tried to mute and I can't hide from them because they just regurgitating nonsense all day. My question is, is as they're ranting and talking about work and clients and all this amazing stuff, when do they fucking work? Yeah, yeah I don't know. There are people. It's nonstop. That, right, exactly. Yeah. And it's ironic that they're in marketing and they think that they're doing this right. the right way. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about anyone else, but that's what I think when I see these people constantly doing this thing. I'm like, that's great. You feel like you're an expert in this, but. Have you ever actually fucking done the work? As far as I can see, you sit on your Twitter account all day. The social version of that is when someone posts, long day, now having a delightful glass of wine and sitting with my honey in front of the fire and sharing a nice moment. Like, if the moment was so nice, why did you need to get on your fucking phone and tell everybody about it? If the moment was so nice, you would have put the phone away. Exactly. If I could pick up that tweet and smash it into 100 million pieces... Then take a big steaming dump on it and then light it on fire. I would do it. I would do it. <sighs> okay. Last. Here we are. The cereal checker enters. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, wait. You went to McDonald's for lunch? That's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> then you went to Target after that? Get out of here. You went to Target? Yep. Get the fuck out of here with this crap, man. <laughs> Who the fuck cares? Yeah. I sure as hell don't. Why the hell do you need to check in everywhere you are? And what the fuck is checking in? Right. What? 
Let's check in at places where are totally undesirable, like that spa where Robert Kraft went to get the hand right. job. Let's check in right. there or check in <laughs> right. a corner where somebody sold me some heroin. That would be interesting. Again, this no, is... But the, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I got a, a guy in my feed that he... he he does. He, he does. There are two types, I guess. There's the mundane ones, the Targets and the yes. McDonald's, but then there's the ones who curiously only check in from exotic places. Like I'm in Amsterdam, I'm in Paris, <laughs> I'm in Miami. Belize. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, fuck them too. Right, exactly. I. Uh, so there you have it, and I could go on and on. Believe me, but these are the big ones that kind of came into my life. Yes. Yes. People are behind you, Ed. Yes. And to those of you who unfriended me, who think I'm an asshole for saying these things, what I would say to you is listen to my people. There is a growing number of us (laughs) who will rise. (laughs) We will resist. And we will win. Viva la resistance. Yes. And there you have it. Another very cathartic very therapeutic Ed's getting upset ah yes until next time my friends check me out Instagram at Ed Nathanson Twitter at Ed Nathanson LinkedIn Ed Nathanson my website redpilltalent.com and until next time again I will ask are you not entertained the non-stop fucking parade of baby 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 baby